Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sports Forecast. I'm Chad Forehand, and today we're going to start off with a little different. We've been doing a lot of talk about college football, and we will do some more of that today, but there's been three big free agent signings in the MLB, and I wanted to go ahead and talk about those, because there's some pretty big names coming off the board, and I was excited because one of them was leaving the NS, the National League East, and I was excited to see Jacob Dragom go because we always struggle against him. He went and signed a five-year, $185 million deal with uh, the Texas Rangers, so that was nice. Uh, so now I guess the Texas Rangers have one good pitcher in their lineup. The rest are a little suspect. Jake Odorizzi is the only other name that's kind of done much, and the Braves had him at the end of the season last year and weren't real, weren't real satisfied, so... Then, but then here we come with uh, Mets signing Justin Verlander, the three-time Cy Young Award winner, to a two-year, eighty-six million dollar contract. So that kind of throws a monkey wrench in it because we got rid of one and brought another good one in. Nine-time All-Star, add to add to a pretty potent pitching rotation that they already have. So now you got Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, big one-two punch. I think there's five Cy Youngs between the two, so like the Mets needed any help, they won 101 games last year, so we'll see. But then also the Phillies go out and get Trey Turner on an 11-year deal for 300 mil. I was hoping he would not come to the back to the National League East. He was hard enough to deal with when he was with the uh, Washington Nationals. Now he's rejoining his buddy uh, Bryce Harper. And then also in a lineup that has JT Real Muto, Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, Alex Bohm, they're going to be another potent offense. They just got through going to the World Series, coming up a little short. So the National League East just got a little bit stronger, a lot stronger actually. So I need my Braves to go ahead and step up and sign Dansby, keep our core together, and we need to go get a big name. We need to go get a big arm, another pitcher. We need to shore up left field, I think, because left field's still a little shaky. In my opinion, we got to find something to do with Marcelo Zuna's contract, get him out of here. So we still got some things to do. So Alex Anthopoulos need to get on it. Let's see something. Let's see some changes coming along. So um, quite a wild weekend in college sports. It was a championship Saturday. I enjoyed it. Um, started off hot friday night with uh 11 number 11 utah going to or not going to but playing number four usc for the pac-12 championship and utah came came ready to play cam rising went off i think he had he was 22 for 34 with 310 yards three tds and zero picks uh utah came out they were throwing the ball but also rushing i mean they had 223 rushing yards for three tds i mean they came to play I knew USC didn't have much of a defense. They never really do because Pac-12 just doesn't play defense. But I was not expecting them to go down like that. Plus, they've got the Heisman front runner, Caleb Williams. And he had a good game. He had 363 through the air, three TDs, but he also had a pick. But what killed him is they had 56 rushing yards as a team. They don't rush that much anyway, but, I mean, you got to find some kind of balance. So Utah just sat back and was ready. Now, I say sit back when I was ready. They still gave up 363 passing yards, but 
they still came up with a win by almost 20 points. So USC had a shot, and now they are done. They don't get to go to the college playoffs. Another game that had me worried a little bit because I was start, slowly starting to see this miracle happen to get Alabama back into playoff contention. Uh, Kansas State and TCU. Kansas State ended up winning by three in overtime. Uh, their backup quarterback had a great game, 200 yards, two TDs. He didn't have any picks. Then you got 205 rushing yards for two TDs from them as a team. But I do say – I. <laughs> Max Duggan's a stud. I like Max Duggan. He had 251 yards passing with a TD, but he also had 110 yards rushing with a TD. They didn't look great. They tried to play comeback kid, and I've said it a couple times now. At some point, comeback kid's going to bite you in the butt, and it did Saturday. So I was worried. I saw uh, USC lose. I saw TCU lose. I was like, oh, here we go. Somehow, some way, they're going to put Alabama in. And we'll talk more about that um, here in a minute. But So right out the gate, we had two conference championships with two top four teams, and they both lost. Um, then you got your Big Ten. Obviously, Michigan looked great against Purdue, but, I mean, it's Purdue. Um, they Purdue came to play a little bit. I mean, they, they weren't slouches. They still put up 22 points on them, and the Michigan's – DBs gave up 366 yards, but they had two picks and didn't give up, give up any touchdowns. So they played they played well enough to win, and they looked good offensively. They always look good. Uh, JJ had 161 yards for three TDs, but he also had a pick. But they do what they do. They ran the ball for 255 yards and three TDs, and they did that with their backup running back. They got a stable. They're kind of like Georgia. They got running backs, and they like to run smash-mouth football. So Michigan's going to be fun to play if we get to see them in the uh, playoffs. They'll be a team to be reckoned with, and they're already – J.J. McCarthy's already came out and said he wants that rematch with Georgia after last year's Orange Bowl loss. So we'll see what happens. But then my favorite game to watch of the day was the SEC Championship – my Bulldogs finally got another championship. They hadn't won one since 2017. But what I didn't enjoy is seeing us give up 30 points. Between the two quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels played with a sore ankle. He did he did well. I give him credit. The kid fought hard with a bum ankle, gave it the best he could. But then Newsomeyer came in, and between the two of them, they were 31 for 52 for 502 yards and three TDs. But they also each had a pick. So we had picks and we held them to 47 rush yards. But 502 yards through the air is scary. Especially knowing we're about to go play Ohio State who can throw the ball all over the field. So luckily you give Kirby Smart three weeks to prepare. I think our DBs will look a little different. But my man Stetson Bennett, the mailman, he looked great. He had 274, four TDs, zero picks. And then we rushed the ball for 255 yards for two TDs. So offensively, we looked fine. That's not an issue or a worry for me. It was that defense giving up so many pass yards. But like I said, I think it'll be a different story. And when the playoffs come around, um, like I said, you give Kirby and that defensive staff any kind of time to work with, you're going to see a whole new defensive team. So that brings us to the college football rankings. Um, I, Like I said, I was worried. 
I wasn't sure if they were going to try to slide Alabama in, but I think they made the exact they did they did what I thought was right and what I think you know according to their guidelines was correct. You know they had Georgia at one, Michigan at two. They kept TCU at three because they lost one game and it was in a championship, so left them at three. And then Ohio State moved up, so that sets up Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU for our playoffs, and that should be. That should be fun to watch. Should be a good game all the way around. Both games should be good. I feel like TCU will make it a more of a game than people think, but I do believe Michigan wins that. And I also believe that Georgia ends up beating Ohio State, but Ohio State's dangerous. Colin McCoward made a good – he said something the other day that kind of worried me, and he said that Ohio State's going to be a dangerous team because for the next three weeks they're going to hear about how Georgia's going to roll them. They lost to Michigan. They – so Georgia's definitely going to beat them. They got players, but they're not good. And they're going to hear all sorts of trash. So they're going to come ready to play. They have plenty of bulletin board material. But one thing I do like about Kirby Smart and his team, he's kind of got the Nick Saban mentality with the rat poison. Those boys aren't going to listen to squat. Hopefully they don't listen to all the Georgia's going to roll. And luckily, I mean, Georgia's only a, a touchdown favorite. So I think the game's going to be very good. I think it'll be close. But in the end, I think our defense, which in all statistical – which I'm going to get into. All statistically, we're better than Ohio State on defense. But what shocked me, like I'm going to get into a few things. You know, this we're in the Peach Bowl here in Atlanta, so UGA will have pretty much a home game. But I was looking into the team stats and that kind of stuff, and Ohio State scores almost 45 points a game. They put up 70 TDs. They're a potent offense. They're 46% third down efficiency they know how to play they know how to move the ball they pass for almost 300 yards a game and rush for almost 200 yards a game so it's kind of they're kind of a juggernaut on offense 500 yards a game is nothing to slouch at um there are three key players on offense in my opinion obviously cj stroud who's number two in the heisman race right now in my that from everything i'm reading the kid's got 3,300 pass yards, 300 TDs, only six picks. That's good. That's good stats. I mean, the kid can't throw the ball. Um, but where I found it to be a little shocking is Stetson Bennett has 3,400. He has more passing yards. He just has less TDs, same amount of picks, but he also has seven, rush, seven rushing TDs as well. So if you're going by numbers – Stetson Bennett's the better quarterback, which I think he should be in the Heisman talk. I'm a little biased, but two years of what he has done and won a national championship last year and went undefeated again this year, everything that kid has done is the epitome of a Heisman candidate. Do I think he's going to win? No. But do I think he belongs in New York for the ceremony? Yes, I do. And I didn't know till tonight that he actually has more passing yards than who they're saying is number two odds to win the thing. Um, and then you go and you look at the running backs. They have Mayan Williams, who's had a good season, 800 rushing yards, 13 TDs, to our Kenny McIntosh with 709 rushing yards, 10 TDs. Where we differ is we have a stable of running backs. So we have, you know, five, six, seven running backs and a couple wide, rec or wide receiver and a tight end who also get in on the running game. So we're not going to have big-time rushing leaders. But then here we go with the the outside matchups, the receivers. They have Marvin Harrison Jr. who has 
1,150 yards receiving 12 TDs as opposed to our Brock Bowers with 726, 6 TDs. But he also has three rushing TDs as well. So it's a little bit of a different way of way of playing. They like to play, you know, go big, over the top, throw the ball, let's go, let's go. Georgia likes to throw the ball. Like I said, I mean, Stetson Bennett has more passing yards, but we like to run the ball as well. So we like to run the ball, run the ball, take it over your head, see what happens. So, But then when you look at defense – we're a little better in all categories, but not by much. Ohio State's defense is a lot better than I thought they were. They give up 300 yards a game, and they've given up 28 TDs this year. We give up 290 yards a game. We've only given up 17 TDs this year. So their offense is better than I thought. I mean, their defense is better than I thought. Their offense is exactly what I thought. So, you know, if you look at Georgia's offense, we're not far behind. We're at 39 points a game. 61 TDs, but we're 51% on we, – we, we convert 51% of the time on third down. And, you know, we've got 250 passing yards a game, 207 rushing yards a game. We put up 490 yards per game. So we do have a good offense, a better offense than people want to give us credit for. So I'm looking forward to that game. I have, I've seen people online talk about Georgia's going to steamroll. I've – Lately, Georgia's played good in big games. I'll say that. But I'm not going to sit here and say that we're going to steamroll anybody. Not after, like I said, they're going to hear this talk all the next three weeks, how Georgia's better, Georgia's better, Georgia's better. And in my opinion, Georgia is better, but anybody can be beat be any night. So I'm a little skeptical, a little worried, but, you know, we'll sit back. We'll see. I have a good, I have a good feeling Georgia can win. We will win, I hope, but you never know. So, and then that brings us to the second game of the night. You got Michigan, well, I think Michigan and TCU actually play before Georgia, Ohio State, but Michigan and TCU should be a pretty good game as far as offensive wise. They look very similar across the board. Where I think this game will be won and lost is defense. So I'm going to start there actually on defense because on defense, after the SEC championship game, Michigan's actually moved ahead of Georgia in team defense. They're only giving up 277 yards a game and 18 TDs, whereas TCU's not even ranked in the top 50 as far as team defense goes. So that's where this game will be won and lost. Because as far as offensive goes, they're both scoring 40 points a game. Michigan's got 63 touchdowns this year to TCU 68. Michigan converts a little more on third down than TCU does, but then in passing yards, you know, TCU throws the ball more than Michigan State. Michigan State runs the ball more than TCU. But they're pretty even across the board as far as offense goes. In the quarterback comparison, Max Duggins, as far as numbers go, is leaps and bounds ahead of J.J. McCarthy. But J.J.'s... As bad as I hate to say this because I hated when they talked about Jake Fromm and now Stetson Bennett. He's a great game manager. He knows he's got a good running back. His run, his best running back is out who had a, almost 1,200 rushing yards. The kid was a stud. I hate, to, I hate to see that for Blake Corum. Hopefully he'll get better and get back on track. But they run the ball. I mean, even their backup running back has 872 rushing yards and seven TDs. It's wild how much they actually run the ball. 
And then you got TCU, who actually has a good running back as well. He has almost 1,350 yards, 17 TDs. So, like I said, offensively, they're numbers-wise, they're similar. They just do it in a little different fashion. Um, I, And then when it comes to receivers, about the same across the board. But what's going to get, like I said, defense is going to decide this game, and TCU cannot do what they've done all year and start slow, start slow, make a comeback late because Michigan's not going to let you do that. With the way they run the ball, there will be no – there will be no coming back. If they get you down, we saw what they did. Well, they got Ohio State down, and next thing I know, next thing you know, they were on them. Bam, bam, bam. Big play after big play. So they can run you in the dirt, but they can still go over the top. So I'm going to take Michigan State on that one. I My prediction is Michigan State, Georgia, in the national championship at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, a rematch of last year's Orange Bowl. Um, and it's going to be a good game, a real good game. I'm I'm curious to see all these playoff games, but my prediction, like I said, is Georgia-Michigan for the national championship. Now, a little thing I want – what I kind of want to talk about next is this Heisman race. Everybody's saying that Caleb Williams is going to win it, C.J. Stroud is going to be behind him, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett. That's how I feel like it's going to end as well. Do I agree with it? No. And the reason is, is when they talk about what Heisman is, yeah, Heisman, you got to put up numbers, you got to win games, you got to lead your team. But also, it's more, it also is about leading your team and performing and what's the, what that win and that loss column look like. And I'm I'm gonna preach it again. I still believe Stetson Bennett needs to go to New York. Caleb Williams has had a great year. Um, like I said, he's you know he's had uh, he's I mean he had a phenomenal year. He can he's throwing the ball well. He's carried his team to a great you know a great season. But they're they're gonna play in the Rose Bowl. I think I have to double check that. But I don't, I don't see him being a better quarterback than three of the quarterbacks that are in the college football playoffs. I mean, he's a sophomore. He's young. He's still got another year to play, I'm pretty sure. But Stetson Bennett has carried his team to a national championship. He puts his team on his back when he needs to. Like, like in the national championship last year, had that fumble right before halftime, came back out. Never questioned it, never listens to the people that are saying he's not good enough, he's not this, he's not that. The guy was a walk-on. If he doesn't if he doesn't resemble what a Heisman Trophy winner should be, then we might need to reevaluate. Um like I said, he's he's got more passing yards than two of the guys in front of him I know. I have to double check on what Caleb Williams has, but he's got more passing yards than C.J. Stroud and Max Duggan. He just has less touchdowns. But he's only got two more picks than Duggan. He's he's playing great. So I think it's time we should give him the respect he is due. But like I said, if we're going to go on what everybody's saying and thinking and who who's the ones that are actually going to be voting, my money would be on Caleb Williams to win it and, you know, 
just like they've got it now. So we'll have to we'll sit back. We'll see. Um, you never know, but I mean, it happens in just in a couple of days. So I think it's kind of a wrapped up deal. Um, one more thing before I jump off of here, uh, my phone's dying, so and it's hooked up to my mic, so I can't charge it at the moment. Dion Sanders, prime time. He is the head coach of Colorado. I'm excited for him. I'm a little worried. I'm glad he didn't come to the SEC. But I want to say something that I I read today, thought was funny. He said, his first meeting with his teams, he said, hey, I'm bringing people with me. We do things a certain way around here, and the way that's been going for two decades is not how it's going to go anymore. And I thought it was real wild how he just straight told them, y'all might want to start checking the transfer portal. Because he said, I got a quarterback coming, and I got eight to ten more dogs coming with him. So, you might want to check the panel or the transfer portal because stuff's going to be different around here. So I thought that was pretty neat. Some people don't like it. Hey, I I like it. He's upfront and honest with them. He's letting them do doing what's best for them, getting them out there so they can go try to get playing time because they might not get it there. They're eleven and one this year. So I thought that was cool. So congratulations to Neon Dion. I remember watching him as a kid when he was with the Falcons. He played watching him play baseball. I mean, the guy was amazing. So. Big ups to him. Glad he's glad he finally got him a D one job. And I don't see him slowing down here. I see him staying maybe a few years there, and then somebody else will be like, "All right, we got to get you." So hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I will talk to y'all on Friday. Love you. Thanks for your support. We'll see y'all next time.